One, two. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize I pressed record. Um, what's going on, man? You know, I was just um, I've been listening to different things about health, and I'm not trying to get too freaked out and worry about stuff. We can't really worry about everything. We can't co compute every variable. You know, even in calculus, which I did very poorly in. Sometimes you have constants, even in chemistry, especially when you're doing calculations, like we're doing Avogadro's number to try to find out how many atoms are inside of, um, uh, how many, yeah, how many atoms are inside of a, um, in a molecule, you know what I mean? Like something like that, like, like we have a gas, like we have a volume of gas and we got a density. I don't know if I remember it correctly, but come on now we got a we have a volume of gas we know the density of the gas and we use Avogadro's number and I could tell you how many atoms are inside of it I forgot what Avogadro's number is something like 2.06 times 10 to the 12 or something like that I don't remember, I don't remember man uh, I didn't do too great in school but um we're just making an assumption that's not that's not necessarily accurate that those those are the atoms that are in there and how do you know that you totally have a clean, um, a neat um, uh, container of that atom? Anyhow, what I'm saying is that you can't compute. You can't compute everything. You use we use certain constants in scientific calculations because we're not going to get down to the the minutia of it. It would be totally inefficient. Right, so whether we're you know whether we're using um, a gas constant, we're using a steam table, we're using a I don't know, like, you know we we're using a heat transfer constant, we're using a uh, a spring constant, uh, we're using a friction constant, all these other things that they use in physics or chemistry or whatever or science you know whatever whatever discipline it is. You don't calculate everything. Now, the guys on the theoretical physics side, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe they might calculate down to the minutia. You know, people that are trying to do stuff that's never been done before, fission and all these other things, they might take these constants and break them down even further and say, "Listen, man, I want this so accurate that." Yeah, these guys that's doing nuclear fission, that's trying to take one atom, throw it inside of a collider and make it hit another atom, hopefully, to create a certain amount of energy or whatever. I think that's how they do it. I'm not sure. Like, people who are doing stuff like that, then, okay, yeah, maybe they might get down there. But for the average person, for the average engineer, for the average scientist, that's really just, you know, doing a day job or whatever the case may be. They're not doing all of that. The person who's designing the HVAC system, they're not, they're not, you know, the, the relative humidity numbers and all the constant that they have to use in their calculations, they're not down to the, you know, we're not going all the way down to like six significant figures. We, we do three significant figures and we throw away the rest. That's it. That's probably it. Like even pi. I don't know how many numbers are in the number pi. I don't know how many 
if you if you all the numbers behind the decimal point are in pi. Pi has so many numbers behind it. But I only use 3.14. But it's like 3.1452 and some other numbers. I stop at 52, but I never I never go that far. 3.1452, that's where I stop. But it's three, you know, 3.14 will get you through life pretty, pretty good. You'll be all right. So we don't calculate every constant. We don't calculate every significant figure. We don't have like a, you know, whatever. We don't go down to that level. Now, getting back to what I was saying because I went off tangent. I was listening to some stuff, you know, this guy uh, or whatever, some other person on Instagram. Not even on Instagram. This was on MSN. Um, and he was saying that, you know, uh, scientists took samples of drinking water and it, you know they reveal something that we kind of already knew but you know when you hear it it just brings you right back to the trauma um, all the water contains microplastics this contains microplastics that contains microplastics um, it's so uh, you know your food contains microplastics um it's 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 ridiculous the amount of microplastics that we're eating. So that made me uncomfortable, of course. That made me think about my own mortality. That made me think about my own vitality, my own health. Like, what are these things doing inside my body now? They already have a documentary on Netflix that came out maybe, I don't know, five years ago explaining that all of us have PFOS and Teflon in our body. 90% of 99% of the people on the planet have PFOS and Teflon. Now the article that I read even even basically detailed that fetuses have plastics in them. And you know there's there's like a barrier somewhat between the circulatory system of the mother and the baby after a certain point. But still still plastics in an in an unborn baby's circulatory system in their body. So these microplastics not are not are they only small enough to they're small enough to, to go into cells. They're small enough to penetrate cell walls. These are, you know, and, and they permeate through our body. Now doesn't that make you want to freak out? But I mean we've only been probably using plastics since the turn of the century. You know, when Standard Oil and, you know, Cargill and whatever their names are, you know, uh, Carnegie and all these other guys developed all of these oil-based um, things things that could be manufactured from plastic. And then Tupperware probably came around in the 50s and, you know, it was, it was like, it was all downhill from there. We just started making everything out of plastic. So, um... I mean, we're making carbon fiber. We're making clothes out of plastic. We make everything out of plastic. Um, I don't want to get too much attention. But anyhow, that kind of creeped me out for a second. And then I said to myself, listen, man, calm down. Calm down, bro. What can you do about it? There's nothing I can really do about it. I've been using plastic cups since I've been, I don't know, young. 
since I was young. I used to chew on plastic things since I was young. I've used plastic cups. I still use plastic cups. I mean, I still use plastic spoons and utensils when I go to the store and buy food, unfortunately. Maybe I need to start walking around with my own spoon. You know, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think that's extremist. I don't think that's eccentric. I don't think that's too weird. If you really have a commitment to the environment, um, walking around with my own spoon is not too bad. Now, I, I, what I've actually been implementing recently, I'm using my own cup. I got a porcelain cup that my mother gave me, and I use that to drink all of my coffee and all of my tea now. So instead of using cups over and over again, which are lined with supposedly lined with plastic but i thought it was lined with wax um i use my own cup anyhow so let's go back to the fear now so i had to calm myself down talk myself off the ledge not really i'm exaggerating i'm speaking in hyperbole i wasn't freaking out about it i was like i just i just had a quick thought that wow <clears throat> that's messed up but when you look I took a look at the life expectancy of American people and of people in America. Um, the life expectancy around, let's say around, the life expectancy averaged around, what was it? Something like 50 years old in 19, in about the 1960s, the average age was about 50 years old. And I always talk about this guy, Sammy the Bull Gravano, who was um, John Gotti's capo. Um, His father died relatively young because he had mesothelioma or he had lead poisoning from being a painter. His father was a painter. So we were, you know, anyhow, you know, people were dying for all kind of stuff. Now, I looked at another graph around the Civil War time. And the average life expectancy around the Civil War time, like just before the Civil War, around that time, I mean, Civil War took out a lot of people, but um, just before the Civil War time, about 18, I'm sorry, no, it's after the Civil War, yikes. I think it was 1860, and I think Civil War is from 18, I don't know. I want to say 1855 to 1860. Uh, that's what I want to say the Civil War is, but I'm not sure. So, but I'm not certain. So anyhow, so this graph, I wish I could look at it, but my phone will just shut off its recording while I'm talking. But you can take a look at it. Please take a look at it. Please look up the life expectancy of Americans over time and look at the graphs that you see. When you look at it, the life expectancy was about 35 years old, like in the 1800s, you know? So the average guy wasn't living very long. And the average life expectancy of a caveman was about 25. So between caveman time and the 1800s, the average life expectancy was only increased about 10 years. I mean, in America. Oh, it wasn't a caveman I looked up. I looked up the average life expectancy of a Native American pre 
um, occupation, pre-colonialism, pre, uh, pre, whatever you want to call it. I looked up the life expectancy of Native Americans pre, you know, the European migration. It was about 25 years old. So somebody that's that, you know, a health person would say, oh, he's living off the land. Oh, he's spiritual. So and so and so. Well, yeah, he is spiritual because he's only living to 25 years old. You know, he's seen a lot of mortality. People dying from toothaches. You know, just looking at something about the teeth. And I don't know. I don't know. We, we got to look into dentistry because... Yeah, it's better to just what what I'm, I'm getting to understand. It's better to just pull your tooth out rather than do a rather than do a root canal. Just have your teeth just removed. Just pull it out. That's that's what I'm getting to understand. But anyhow, um, I don't have a lot of understanding of that. What what, what I want to say is that even between 1950 and now, it went from 50 years old to about 70. Late 70s, about 79 or so. You got to check the numbers because I'm not, I'm going off of memory. So, in 1950, when we just started using plastic, people weren't living past, well, average, average person wasn't living past 50 years old. Go back to 1960. I'm sorry, go back to 1860 or a little bit around the Civil War era, people weren't living, probably mostly men, weren't living past about 35 years old. Average, on average. That means that some people were living very long, some people were not living very long. So, you know, and, and the year that it occurs in doesn't really indicate anything. Um, because, for instance, my grandmother lived to be 105 years old. She was born in about... I don't know. I don't. I can't calculate right now. About 1913, around that time. So that means that the conditions that she lived under from 1913, starting in 1913, were more conducive to longevity, and or her lifestyle was more conducive to longevity. Now, my grandfather, her husband, lived to probably be about uh, I don't know 60s, about so 60 years old or so. You know, early 60s, mid 60s. Yeah, he lived to be about mid 60s. Now, mid 60s doesn't seem like a big stretch for anybody too much right now. So we're living in a two. We're living in a different kind of environment. My my neighbor Jimmy, he died at 72. He could have made it longer, but COVID and uh, the medical system um, and his own stubbornness because you know we got to take some responsibility for our contribution and my neglect. I think I could have helped him more. So it's a lot of a lot of factors why he didn't make it to a ripe old age. Um, his brother had actually just passed away not too long, so um, maybe he didn't necessarily have the genetics for longevity. But anyhow, um, so what I'm saying is that we're concerned about microplastics. We're concerned about air quality. We're concerned about all of these things. But we're living longer 
well, we're living longer than we're living longer than the people of uh, the people that passed away on average from 2019 to 2022, because the life expectancy has significantly dropped to about 76 years old um, since 2019. But we're living, you know, if we, let's go back to 2019. Let's go back to pre-2019. We're living longer than anybody else has lived ever on average, averaging 79 years old. That's with all the microplastics. That's the Teflon. The lead, well, the remnants of the lead, the asbestos, um, the GMO, um, the sugar, the diabetes, the fat, the oils, the fried chicken, all of that. We're still living in that. Now, our quality of life is better. Our lifespan is better. Um... Oh, man, I, I want to just give God thanks right now. I want to give God thanks for his mercy. Oh, man. Yo, if you got health, it's so important. Uh, I saw a quote from Martin Luther King about health. And he said, uh, one of the greatest injustices, which I, I guess he speaks. He says, this is the greatest that, this is the greatest that. Not this and Malcolm, Martin Luther King, but, you know, he says he says a lot of things, you know, he said he's a he's a speech he's an orator he makes speeches so he makes convincing arguments during the speeches now I'm not knocking Martin Luther King now but they they put up a quote um, one of the greatest disparities or one of the greatest injustices is the disparity in health now you know I'm pretty sure he said one of the greatest things about that 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 is that 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 also and he said but he also said that to deny a man a job is to deny him. The, the will to live or something like that to deny him a living or deny him you know his 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 right to life but um so health is so important if you don't got health you don't have anything but we are living longer than the caveman he didn't have any microplastics or smog we're living longer than the pre-colonial native americans they didn't have any smog they didn't have any um microplastics they didn't have any gmo we're living longer than people in the 1950s who were living amongst a lot of pollutants and a lot of ignorance about what is healthy. And we, let me go back again. We're living longer than the colonial people who were eating and loving sugar so much. And, you know, yeah. So mostly people who had means were living long. I gotta check how long Ben Franklin lived. He probably lived to be about 80 years old. But that means, you know, he has good doc doctors taking care of him. You know, he has access to medicine. He has access to education. And it's already been proven that people with more quote unquote education, education is a very relative word, people with more education live longer. So, you know, it's good to get information and inform yourself and help yourself. Now, I'm not invalidating or advocating for pollution, nor am I um, uh, poo-pooing pollution and, and contamination of our bodies or the environment. I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm not disregarding it. Um, I'm just saying we are very much blessed in a lot of ways, um, more so than our forefathers. You know, in the medical advances that we have, 
in the uh you know the in the you know in the in the medical advances that we have they amputate your knee nowadays you might live you probably live you probably survive an amputation you know um i don't know about post 2019 like this whole coronavirus situation has made things worse one of my i told you one of one of the guys i grew up with well he had diabetes he was always a big guy, but he had diabetes. He never really took care of himself. But he was a young guy then, so you know, I don't think he's informed. A lot of people are not informed, you know. Um, but um, so ignorance can kill you. Ignorance can kill you. Ignorance is not doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you doesn't have you didn't get the information. You haven't had access to the information. So I gotta go. So let me wrap it up. Don't get too scared about what these things are doing to you. Try to avoid them and try to do the best for your body. But some of these things are out of uh, control, like the contaminants in our water system. You can't get any water anywhere that doesn't have PFOS and PFOA in it or Teflon. There's no way you, gotta, you, you can't get that water. So, you know, try to get the purest water, of course. Try to get the purest air. Try to get the, the most um, uh, plant-based or, if you like, animal-based fabrics like wool, cotton, um, what's the next one called? Uh, jeet. I'm not sure what it's called. Uh, linen. Um, you know, yarn. Um, you know, stay away from the plastic fabrics. I would say, you know, you can do anything that you want to help, but I don't think you should stress yourself out worrying about worrying about it if you have no options. If you have no options, like people who eat at the food pantry, or people who can't afford food and gotta get food at the food pantry, can they really reject preservatives and GMO? Can they really say, no, I'm not going to eat any preservatives and GMO? Oh, I'm going to starve? No, you're not going to starve. You need to live. You need to survive. So you got to make your concessions where you can. I mean, ultimately, there's, there's, a, there's probably some all, multiple, multiple alternatives, like moving to another area demographic where you can have access to enough resources to take care of yourself, like the migrants are doing right now. It's not like the migrants were starving. The market, some of the, some of the migrants weren't in their nation, in their country starving or being persecuted, but they're coming here because they want better opportunities. Right now, even some of the migrants, they refuse the food that the city gives them. They're not satisfied. They don't. They say the food doesn't taste good. They don't want to eat it. They'll throw it out. You know, and the food that I think the city is giving them is the food that I used to love to eat in public school. So, you know, you gotta prioritize where you can get it. You know what I mean? We, we can get it done. So instead of eating the food that the city gives them, they'll go outside and beg and panhandle or whatever, you know, do some Uber Eats or do some DoorDash and, and get their money together so they can cook on a hot plate and make the kind of food that they like to eat. So, you know, some people take their culinary very seriously. And I can understand that. But some of us need to prioritize and survive ultimately until the point where we can thrive and get the best for ourselves. You know what I mean? So... But that's all a personal choice and a personal preference. And, you know, um, I'm not knocking what the migrants do. I'm not knocking the migrants. I would prefer if they don't waste food, but I, I can't knock it if they don't want to eat it. Anyhow, my car is telling me that I need to get out. So, well, it's not saying that. It's, it's telling me that um, I need to put some antifreeze in it. But I think I just need to plug in the... Anyhow, you don't need to know that. But don't get freaked out about this health stuff. Take your time and you'll get to it. Take your time. I mean, it's not it's not something to lollygag about. Your health is very important. 
but don't stress yourself out. Take your time. A slow response, a slow and thoughtful response is probably one of the best things if you're not in direct, immediate danger. You know what I mean? Thanks for listening.